Bam, there it is. You see the four people here. You know what time of year it is, ladies and gentlemen. The Leafs having their first official practice today for what? The playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is your playoff hype show. I'm James from Offside. That is Dylan from Offside, Pete from Offside, and the honorary fourth member, Kirk Monroe, wearing the reverse retro Offside jersey. And as always, the show is brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Co.'s Puck off Lagerdale. Check out the big beer for the big game. None bigger than Tuesday night, Tampa versus Toronto. And if Jano, Jano, he will not be playing in the first game of the playoffs, second game, third game, fourth game, or even round one from what I'm hearing. And they spent all those assets and gave up another depth piece in Cal foot. I want to ask you guys right now, that was Tampa's big swing at the trade deadline, what do you guys feel, Clark? I want to know your feeling here. They went and got this guy to mess with the Leafs, to be physical, to be one of those grit grinders, and they always pay the price, but he's not going to be there. Was it a mistake to put all their eggs into one basket, given the depth that they've lost over the last season? Yeah, it sure seems like it right now, but at the same time, uh, we're talking about a guy who's an RFA. He's pretty young still, uh, and at the end of the day, they're probably going to be able to re-sign him, and this isn't going to drive up his cost by any means. So uh, their fourth line is still Patrick Maroon, Pierre, uh, Belmar, and and uh, Corey Perry. So it's still a pretty good fourth line at the end of the day. I mean, um, we're still going to the Leafs are still going to have to deal with uh, the Lightning at pretty much full strength. I mean, Janot wasn't really there for most of the year, anyways, and he missed the last little bit. So. At the end of the day, it's still going to be the same Lightning that they faced several times throughout the season, uh, which, you know what, they they fared pretty decently well against the Lightning over the course of the season, which doesn't hurt my feelings. Uh, and the way that the Lightning are, I hate to say, like limping into the playoffs, uh, that also doesn't hurt my feelings. So um, definitely uh, not going to help. But at the same time, I don't think it's it's going to take away a lot from where their lineup was anyways, if, if that makes any sense. No, I fully agree with you. I mean... It's a guy, though, that they were hoping could really, I guess, be one of those key cogs that kind of stifled the Maple Leafs, you know, the physical play. You look at Ross Colton last year, and Dylan, you probably remember this. To start the period, he came out flying, flattened one of the Leafs, got the Tampa crowd really into it. And, you know, those physical guys down in Tampa, they love them. So that really allows the Tampa Bay Lightning to feed off that, and it really helped them last year. Much like Kyle Clifford in Game 1, even though he took the five-minute major, fired up Leafs Nation and everybody was so excited but Pete I want to ask you going into this playoff series Tampa's going to take you to those dirty areas the dirty water drag you through the mud Toronto seems to be a little bit more apt to want to do that too are you excited to see what the Leafs might be able to dole out to the Tampa Bay Lightning it's funny you bring up Kyle Clifford because I'm literally looking at his sets he played one game last year right Yes. The one game I'm looking at his time on ice, he had 49 seconds, 15 minutes in penalty. So <laughs> I just thought that was a funny stat. But um, I think the Leafs, they're obviously a better team than they were last year, right? And you can sort of make the argument that Tampa's not as good as they were last year as well, or they weren't as good as they were last year. So I don't see, there's no reason that the Leafs should not win this series. Now, I, I know I say Leafs in four. Obviously, I'm, that's complete satire, but the Leafs need to win this fucking series in either five, six. We don't, we don't need them to go to seven games this year. They should do it in five or six, but there's no reason this is going to be a complete collapse if they lose it here, James. All right, all right. Dylan, what are you feeling here? What's different this year for the Toronto Maple Leafs going against Tampa what do you feel the Leafs have an edge on here? I I think we have a lot of grit in our lineup now. Like I know uh, I'll shout out to uh, Myron in in the chat. I think he posted a a little picture of the past. I think it was six Leafs teams, and I was looking at the roster and I was just mesmerized by the amount of additions that have came to be over this last season. Um, I think uh, the game against the Lightning, um, Luke Shen being somebody that really stood out to me fighting there in that game, and the additions of Nola Chari, who I think has taken a, a big step up in his game. Like I watched 
uh, the Carolina game on March 17th. I know he got injured that game, but I feel like he might have scored or the game before that. But he's he's he, he's getting on the score sheet, and I, I think he's stepping up in the, in the most appropriate time of the year. You're bringing a tear to my eye, Dylan. You're bringing a tear to my eye. Listen, I'll say this, and I listened to the uh, 32 Thoughts podcast today. Shout out to American and, and Friedman doing their thing all the time with great information. I love the fact that they even recognize the fact that Toronto is no longer just relying solely in the playoffs to say, hey, if you're physical with us and if you take us down or try to beat us up and the refs catch you, we'll use our power play as a weapon. Well, their power play was not a weapon last year in the playoffs. It was not at all. But this year, you want to play physical? Cool. Hello, Luke Shen. Hello, Nola Cherry. But go down the lineup. It's not just them. There's Ryan O'Reilly. Lafferty will hit. Zach Aston Reese will run into guys. Uh, Jake McCabe loves to lower the boom as well. And when you have those guys doing that, it leads to other guys doing it. The one player that I am worried about here going into the playoffs is Michael Bunting. The only reason why I say that is if Tampa can get under his skin the way he tried to get under Corey Perry's skin and make him start chirping and just get out of that mindset of I'm trying to be a choir boy, it could be a problem. Clark, I look at a guy like Michael Bunting and say he may be a little bit of an X factor here because if he can piss off the other team without pissing off the refs, it might be a series swinger here. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, I've had some really interesting comments on some videos over on TikTok in the last couple of days just regarding you know Matthew Nyes in particular, uh, the way the lineup is constructed. And I just put out a video today. Uh, obviously, with the practice today, they kind of tipped their hand a little bit on how the lines might look. And Bunting right now is sitting on the top line as expected. But one thing that I I think might play well into Michael Bunting's favor on this is that he's got Matthew Nye's nipping at his heels right now. And after the first three games of Matthew Nye's career, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's a superstar, that he's ready to go 100% in this league yet. He's still got a long way to go. But he showed pretty well. And he showed well that he can play with guys like Ryan O'Reilly and William Nylander because that's who he played with in the last game or two. Uh, and I didn't think he looked out of place whatsoever. So with Michael Bunting, something that he has to know going into these first couple of games is that, listen, if he slips up or if something goes wrong where, like you said, Tampa gets under his skin, he takes some undisciplined penalties or something along those lines, he's got to know now that he's got somebody like a Matthew Nice who can take his spot in the lineup. And I don't think Sheldon Keefe is going to wait around for Michael Bunting to make too many mistakes. I think he makes one mistake and he's gone or two mistakes and he's gone. His leash is going to be short. Um, now, I don't think he's going to be out of the lineup entirely, but I don't think he's going to hold back from putting Callie Yarncroke back in that top six where I thought he looked really good uh, and putting Matthew Nyes somewhere in the lineup and moving Michael Bunting down. I, I really don't think that's going to be something that this team has the luxury of waiting for or seeing if it's going to go okay with Michael Bunting. If I think first sign of slipping, I think Bunting is going to be moving down and getting less and less minutes. Um, which may not be a bad thing, but like I said, he kind of showed. Now, uh, James, I'm going to go back to a conversation we had a couple months ago and that you had with Dave Jackson, just kind of about how people were targeting uh, Michael yep. Bunting and that the referees were maybe keeping an extra eye on Mr. Bunting. Um, but I thought he reacted really well to that kind of, I'll call it a referendum, so to speak. Uh, excuse the pun with the ref referendum. Um, but I think that he has responded pretty well. I think his attitude has been pretty good. I feel like he hasn't bit on a lot of stuff that he was biting at. Uh, and one thing that I really noticed was, um, I think it was a TSN broadcast a couple of weeks ago. I want to say Mike Johnson pointed it out, but there was a couple of times where calls didn't go his way and where earlier in the season, I noticed he would be screaming at the refs to do their job better. He didn't say anything. Uh, and to me, that's a sign of growth. So if we're looking at Michael Bunting as a bit of an X factor, I really think that he's maybe figured it out. But in saying that, who's on the other side? Corey Perry. He's the master manipulator. Patrick Maroon knows how to get you off your game. Go down the line. There's more of them on that team. But um, I'm wondering if Michael Bunting has maybe turned a little bit of a corner in that whole wild child's uh, you know, personality that he has. 
Well, the other thing I'm hearing too from Michael Bunting is he wants to be a Maple Leaf as well. He doesn't want to leave this market. He enjoys what he has here. He enjoys being close to home. And if you become a detriment to your team in the most important time of the year, there's probably not a contract coming your way unless it's cheap. So, and you know what? He didn't price himself, in my opinion, out of the market this year. He's not a guy who's going to be commanding five or six million like many thought he would. So I look at him and say, if he can keep the antics down, and again, I'll go back to what I said just a few minutes ago, and piss off the Corey Perrys, piss off the Belmars, get under the skin of a Patty Maroon, who, by the way, is not 100%. So take a couple leisurely whacks at whatever's bothering him down below and just make it hurt a little bit more. And tell me that the lease will not be physical. Like Luke Shen said, he's like, I love the guy, but I'm going to pound his face in because I don't play with him anymore. <laughs> I'm a Malif now. That, that stuff doesn't matter. He can be my friend you know, after the 60 minutes is done. And I want to go back to that game, guys. Cooper, trying to set the seeds for mind games already. That game, he goes, it didn't mean anything to us. There was no intensity from us. Bullshit. You played as hard as the Leafs did. You guys were up to your tricks like it was the playoffs. You were just upset that Luke Shen got the better of your guy. You were upset that the Leafs got the better of the hits. And the Leafs just did better overall that game. And their young goaltender looked better too. Connor Timmons so, on forward. What's yeah? <laughs> Connor Timmons on forward. Like let's let's look at this Tampa Bay team. And I understand John Cooper, you love your guys, but at the same time, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Dylan, they are not the Tampa Bay Lightning that they were last year. There is no Ryan McDonough. There is no Mister Playoffs Andre Pilat there. That depth is gone, and we'd already touched on the fact Janot probably won't won't play. And then you look at the Leafs and what they've offered up for their roster. And I say, hello, Ilya Samsonov. You look pretty damn good. Maybe uh, you're going to swing into the next big Russian thing here. And I love the fact that he like, took the mantra from Ovi over in uh, Washington. Russian machine never breaks. That was pretty funny when he and said that. The, the penalty or the, uh, the post scrum. But I look at this team and I say, guys, there is so much more this team offers up than last year and it won't just be a bunch of guys who are skilled i look at guys who can chip in and i will i've been drum beating things and they've come true so pete zach aston reese to me is the x factor for the leafs this playoffs i think he chips in those timely goals here and there when you need the most think of talbot for the penguins scored the two biggest goals of his career think of guys like that that's what I feel like Zach Aston Reese will have not many, but timely goals that propel them. Think of Nick Paul last year, two big goals in game seven. I think Zach Aston Reese is that guy for the Leafs this year. I, I think you're right there. I think the Leafs just need guys to do things at the right point. Obviously the playoffs here. Um, I saw a nice little quote from uh, Ryan O'Reilly saying, what they asked him why he does so well in the playoffs well when it comes to winning that's when i get the most fired up um another x factor i want to point to and i had i was very critical of it because i i don't know about joseph ball but he looked great in those last two games for us i am definitely more call i think he's going to be a big x factor for us in the playoffs as well i like the way he looks again for tampa against tampa and new york I'm way more confident seeing him play instead of Matt Murray. But, uh, yeah, again, I think he's going to be an X factor. All right, well, let's touch on that right now. The Leafs goaltending going into the playoffs, probably one of the strongest tandems we've seen the Leafs be able to offer up in the playoffs and in terms of health. You think of every year going in, Jack Campbell took over for an injured Freddie Anderson. Last year, Campbell went in, but he wasn't 100%, but still looked well. But there wasn't really much behind him. So I'm looking this year and I say, Joel Wool, hello, come on down, kid. You're looking pretty damn good. Stopping the pucks, doing all the right things. Looks calm, cool, and collective. Doesn't get rattled no matter who he's playing against. Stays to his game. And then you got Ilya Samsonov, Sonar, tracking the puck, doing all the right things. And he's going and he says he feels 100%. So I'm pumped up for that. Then you look across the ice and it's Andre Vasilevsky, who the Leafs made look freaking human last year in the playoffs. He was up until game seven. Game seven, I'll tip my cap. He did what he needed to do. It should have been 2-2. That goal shouldn't have been called back. 
But anyways, ifs and what's for candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, folks. But this year, I look this season and say, you know what? I think the Leafs will be even better in goal, even calmer in goal. And Clark, I watched your video earlier. The Leafs are better at shot blocking. And I've been saying this all year long. They're better at face-offs. Dylan and Pete know that. How many times this year on the show have I brought up the face-off stats and how guys need to be better on the dot? It was almost every show I was saying, guys, look at Pontus Holmberg's numbers. Look at Matthew's numbers. Look at Tavares. And Camp was usually the sparkling guy. Now it's across the board. These guys are hitting great marks. The leads are up and over 50%. That's what you want. You want those draws. But in terms of blocking shots and doing what they need to do for their goaltenders, it's huge. And a guy, yes, I'll say his name, Justin Hall, is in that category. Blocking shots, active stick. Just don't give him the puck in the last five minutes. <laughs> We've seen it just the other night. The five-minute muffin showed up, and I was like, no, go away. But the goal didn't count. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I have a question. <laughs> you referred to my video. I was just – sorry, I was having my Justin Hall moment there. We're okay. Um, I was referring to – you're referring to my video. Uh, they're top ten in shots against per game. They're top ten in goals against per game. They're top 10 in save percentage. They're top 10 in shutouts. Uh, these are all stats that, you know, a lot of people don't give them any credit for whatsoever. A lot of people say they're weak defensively. I don't know the hit numbers. It didn't show that where I was looking in terms of, I don't know where they are in the hit category. Um, that's really hard to find. It's odd how weirdly hard that is to find. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, you put out the video talking about the lineup and you know, people see Justin Hall in the lineup and they freak out, but they're putting him with Mark Giordano. And I think the two of them together, yeah. um, like you said, James, those two are shot blocking machines. Why is Justin Hall in the lineup? Because he's 6'5", he blocks shots, he gets in people's way. He has a really, like you said, he has a great stick, a wide yeah. range. He does, He is harder to play against and people love to give him credit for. They say he's soft. He's not. He's hard to play against. Maybe he doesn't go out and lay guys out like Dion Phaneuf used to, but that doesn't mean he's not hard to play against. Um, and he's the best penalty killer on the team, bar, bar down, outside of Mitch Marner maybe, or outside of maybe a forward. He is the best penalty killer, the most utilized penalty killer on the team, and why wouldn't you want that in your game one lineup against a team like Tampa with a guy like Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos and with Victor Hedman out there uh, doing their thing? You want your best guys out there for the best situations. And uh, one other thing that I noticed a lot lately, and I don't know why necessarily the media has chosen to do this um, the way that they are, but they're always listing uh, Morgan Riley and Luke Shen as the third pair. McCabe and Brody are now listed as I the saw top that. pair. Yeah. And that I, I talked about that in my video again today, just kind of saying like, you know, Sheldon Keefe does, does – this doesn't matter what where they put them in the lineup. All six guys – they. They're deeper than they've ever been on defense. And you can argue that all you want, but they are. It's just straight up, hands down, they're better on defense in the group of six that they have. They don't even have Timothy Lilligren in the lineup for game one, probably. And he's probably a top four defenseman on half the teams in the league. So they have the deepest group of six in, that they've had in years, uh, maybe decades. And I think, anyways, maybe that's a bold statement. Don't care. Um and it doesn't matter what order you put them in because Sheldon Keefe uses them in whatever situations he wants and they all get their minutes either way, regardless of if they're considered a first pair, second pair, or third pair. It really doesn't matter with the way Sheldon Keefe utilizes his defense. They're perfectly set for situations. McCabe and Brody is one of the best shutdown pairs. We, we talk about uh, Pete's boy Brody all the time where he's just so reliable back there. And now with Jake McCabe, who's that physical presence that we lost with Jake Muzzin, it's like the perfect replacement. Just shove them into that role. And Muzzin and Brody started the playoffs last year together. So does that, Muzzin was does also that, hurt. Exactly. Does that ring a bell? Like that kind of seems like the perfect fit. Uh, Giordano and Hall, like I said, they're going to give you those shutdown minutes. They're going to play against that kind of middle six of the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and make it really hard for them to do anything. And, and Riley and Shen are going to go out there situationally, probably a lot of offensive zone time. I know that's weird with Luke Shen saying that, but – it allows Riley to be that offensive spark that they really need him to be. And we saw it last year, how much Morgan Riley stepped up in the playoffs. Playoff Morgan is going to be coming back, and I think they're going to maximize him. And I, I just think we're seeing the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Morgan Riley with the last few weeks. I thought he played really well. 
Um, and it's just getting better and better, especially when they situationally use them to maximize his potential. So I, I'm really liking where this group is at. I'm really liking Justin Hall in the lineup for game one. And there's no, there's nothing saying that uh, Lily Green can't jump in if something happens in game two uh, or, you know, Gustafson. That's why, that's why they got the depth. They can roll these guys and switch them out depending on what they need. So I think it's a good, I think it's a good scenario at the moment. It definitely is a good scenario. I like what we have going on. I like what we can bring. Um, for me, the other thing too, the X factor for the Toronto Maple Leafs is the fact that they have so many bodies that if something does go wrong with a defenseman, you can go down the list. Like we were talking about it the other night. Jordy Ben is still not even around the league. And this guy was up with the Leafs earlier in the year, was playing physical. The fans loved him. He scored goals, was doing great things. Um, Connor Timmins, Gustafson, um, Philip Kroll could be an option. Mete. You have many different guys that are just sitting, chilling, waiting that probably won't get to bed. Oh, and by the way, Timothy Lilligren not playing either, plus 30-something on the season. Um, so they finally really have not just bodies. They have NHL-ready depth to come in. And then, oh, by the way, this kid, Matthew Nyes, who just has the stick lift button stuck on like he's playing in NHL 23, just lifting everybody's stick and playing physical on the wall, doesn't look out of place. Clark and Pete and Dylan, this team is probably the deepest rendition of the Maple Leafs I think I've seen in oh. so long. And I'm not saying – I'm not saying – I'm not saying the fact no. that it's just like, oh, we got bodies. We, like Babcock said, I want more bodies. I want more bodies. These aren't just bodies. These are guys that can come in and actually play. Like Clark, your video today, again, I'll reference it again. Go check out Clark's video on TikTok, by the way. Beautiful breakdown of the Leafs season and all the stats and everything. Um, but Gustafson's in there. He's like, oh, it's skewed numbers. But there's still numbers he put up, 30-something points as a defenseman, not two shabs, you know. So <laughs> I'm pretty pumped up. I I think I have some sort of anxiety heading into this playoffs. Like I can, I cannot lie. Like I am so freaking nervous that like like we were all well three of us were there for game one at Leaf Square and so fun. the feeling of that. Like I was thinking back to it, I was like, oh my god! Like I was actually at the Square last year, and I was just like, game one was the best feeling in the world. But then, me and there's Pete, a reason Leafs and four exist, Dylan, because that game was so <laughs> dominant. It was clearly Leafs and four after that first game. <laughs> I, I didn't think Man. it was turn in the way it did. I just thought it was funny. How can you not and I were there for game seven. Five Leafs. And I cannot describe the feeling that game seven left me with. Like I saw Pete storming out of the square. He, somebody threw a jersey down. I I think you picked it up it. too. I collected it, and I was just like, man, like that feeling of emptiness and like just like, oh, I wish we had the feeling of just making a pass just once. But like, I'm 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 ready, but I'm not ready for another heartbreak. Yeah. Honestly, um, I I am happy of the way that this team is looking. Um, the depth is top of the league for sure top five i i would say but just get it together boys and friggin run hey, through a brick wall for anybody please <laughs> oh i think that's there that's one of the things and clark you know me long enough you've been on the show long enough to know that i've always talked about you know guys getting physical and dragging the rest of the players into it and i used Not to say last like, year was a well, great example we did to an extent Obviously, but I used to talk about like Muzzin and Hyman being the only guys to do it. Then other guys would, you know, kind of kicking and screaming, get into it. Now the guys are standing up for each other, standing up for themselves. And it's the new guys, too, that are leading the charge. You look at the scrums. Ryan O'Reilly's in there, even with his hands still taped, getting in there and face washing and messing around care. with guys. He's Michael Bunting finally dropped the freaking flippers, folks. And with Corey Perry on the list. I think he needs some boxing lessons, man. That guy just knows how to wrestle, apparently. Was they he a part of the wrestling team in high school? 
give him the credit for actually dropping the mittens and getting her done. He got in there and got physical, right? And that's what he wanted. Sorry to go back on Ryan O'Reilly. I saw him still have his finger taped up. What is that about? Is, is he not 100%? He, it's 100%. I think it's more of a... Um, reflection. Like, if you ever think about injuring your finger and trying to grab that stick, it kind of does get hard. And if you don't have the strength yeah. in the one finger, then, like, you, you kind of want the assist of the second one. But does that mean there's, like, one finger... Missing I know zero percent on finger injury. Or what? My my guess is that it's just like a kind of he doesn't want it to get banged up off the ice, so he just throws a little cast on it. I don't think it's anything more than that. I actually listened to their um their press conference, media scrums or whatever yesterday, and they were talking about it, and he said that it's felt better and better every time he hits the ice. And uh I'm I wouldn't be too worried about it. A finger a finger come playoff time, I think he'll play probably would have played he would have played through it all the way through if it was playoff time when it happened. For sure. um, so I, I'm not too worried about it. Ryan O'Reilly, you know, guys play through punctured lungs and stuff. Not, not that he did, but I think Bergeron. he can play through. I think the finger will be okay either way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can see it, but my finger is bent. And the reason why it's bent is because I was stupid and I didn't tape it and just kept trying to use it. So he obviously had surgery to correct course, correct the bones. But you also got to remember, there's still that cut, the incision. So I don't know how long that stuff takes to heal either. Stitches in the whole nine yards. He's a long way away from when it was done. But at the yeah. same time, the risk of staph infection, putting on those gloves, the sweat and all that other stuff, you don't want anything to mess with it. And he doesn't want to miss a beat in the playoffs. So he's beast mode and up he's and ready to go right so common part did you guys see that play where he like tapped the puck in the air flipped it to the other side and like it almost made a disgusting play now i don't think the goal would have counted because it would have been high stick but still <laughs> he still got his hand so it figure injury or not he's ready to go remember two guys he has what would be i don't know if it's deemed illegal but the curve on his stick it's just gnarly. It's so the weird. The burger Canada, it's the, the weirdest the burger in the flipper. world. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got that wild-looking stick. But listen, the fact that the Maple Leafs now, if Tampa wants to go get snarling up, which they're probably going to, they can roll out some guys here, and they can also add a little extra spice if they want to. Wayne Simmons is ready for Attila. He's up with the Leafs. So, you know, he'll come in the lineup if he, if it has to be that way, just for a little bit more physical. But also, if you want to go a little bit more skilled, you can throw a Matthew Nyes in the lineup. Have a little fun, you know. And we have long talked about the fact, will Matthew Nyes get in? I do believe he will. He's not here just to ride the bench for the playoffs. If the Leafs win game one and game two, I think he goes in in game three. As an energy pump-up kind of guy in Tampa, just to do some stuff and to really kind of feel it, that shell shock. And I think he'll shock some people. He's had a few nice looks, and it's been real close for him scoring. He's drove the net. He's done all these things that you wouldn't expect from a guy just jumping in. So that kid, knows, that kid knows how to shoot that damn puck, man. <clears throat> he, has a, he has a wicked release. The only thing I gotta say, Paul, if you're listening, Mr. Matheson, get his skating in gear because it looks like sometimes he's got the uh, what, do you, what? Who? Who was it? Oh, uh, Curtis Gabriel. When he was skating, you know, it looked like the the yeah, Macho Man skate. He's kind of got that sometimes, like at the the end of shifts, mm. like he really looks like he's kind of laboring the uh, the stride. And Johnny T had that when he got here, and that got really corrected under Barb Underhill. And then yeah, I was gonna say if there's anybody, if anybody can fix it, I think it's the Toronto Maple Leaf skill development team. <clears throat> I think they can figure it out with him and work on some of the fine tuning of his skating. Um, I had a bit of a, <clears throat> I, had a I had a bit of a theory on on the Matthew Nyes getting into the lineup scenario um, where I, I definitely agree with how they're setting up the lineup for game one. We've talked about it a little bit, but going a little bit more veteran heavy against a team like Tampa Bay, just to kind of set the tempo with guys with experience, guys who have been around and been on runs before um, where Matthew Nyes, you know, he's coming into, he hasn't played a game in Toronto yet. Um, nope. So if you think about it, uh, if you're going to put him out there for game one, in Toronto for the game one of playoffs against the lightning. That's a lot to put on that kid. Um, especially like you got, you got to let him get in there, get him in the building, get him to experience the sights and sounds of what this, this isn't the fine. This isn't the frozen four. 
Uh, <laughs> I know, I know it was a big event and everything, Matthew, but this isn't the frozen four. Okay. Um, so like, I would say, yeah, get him, get him in the building, let him hear it. Let him, like I said, he hasn't been in Toronto yet. Let him get used to the locker room, come and get to the practice facility a couple of times. Like he probably has already. Um, game one is not the time for Matthew Nyes. I was suggesting maybe game two or four. And the reason I say that is because if you don't get him into game two, then he's going into Tampa for the first time. And that building in the playoffs is also not easy. So again, it's almost a situation where maybe you let him, let him get in there. Now I know he's played in that building a couple of times recently, because that is where the frozen four was. And he already played a game there uh, with the Leafs. So maybe that's not as uncomfortable for him, but I still think you let him watch that one game and then get him in for a game four type of deal, depending on if it's a clinching game or not, of course, at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm thinking like a game two or a game four scenario for him. I worry about the one and three, and then we'll see what goes on from there. But um, maybe I'm overthinking it slightly, but I do definitely either way agree with the game one lineup, the way that they've kind of put it together. Um and I, I really like the top six. I like the bottom six. Did you guys see uh, the recent release of what the game one lineup was last year? Yeah, no. So. Yes. It, it had, I remember Andre Kasha was a uh, hurt Andre Kasha on the second line with John Tavares and someone else. Yeah. Like, Micaiah. It's hilarious. Can I just go through it for you? I have it in front of me here. I pulled it up because I just thought it was really funny. Uh, Kerfoot Matthews Marner was the first line. Um, which we just Marner. saw recently. In fairness, we saw it recently. Wow. I remember Bunting Bunting was out of lineup because he had an ankle injury or something at the end of the year. So they kept him out for game game one. They, he might have been in for game two, but he was out for game one. Uh, Mikheyev, Tavares, Kasha was the second line, like you said. Insane. Uh, Nylander, Camp, and Engvall was the third line. Your boy. Uh, and, yep. <laughs> he's a much better Islander, I think. Uh, he's yeah, a good sure. fit over there. Uh, Clifford, Blackwell, Simmons was the fourth line. Our fourth line now, I feel like it's just so much better than that. So much better than that. And you remember, Where guys, is Blackwell now? He's in Chicago, I think. He was so, in Chicago, yeah. They he were was the only team that gave him a, a million bucks. So he's like, sure, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> but, and I, all the power to him. But um, just the way that our lineup is constructed this year compared to that. Now, I know Spezza came in later in the series last year. Bunting came in, of course. Um but that was almost out of necessity for Spezza because Clifford got suspended, so he had to come in. Yeah. Um, Those are goalies of, as well. Uh, well, I didn't. I don't have the defense or the goalies in front of me. It was just the forwards. Oh. It was just oh, yeah. Okay, but yeah. Uh, if you remember, it was Riley Labushkin. Uh, it was nice. Muzzin Brody, and it was Giordano and Lilligren for Game One. And then Lilligren saw went got shot to the sun, and Justin Hall played every game after that. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was Campbell Shalgren was the goaltending pair. Shalgren yeah. is the big name. He's like he's not even our third or fourth goalie at this point. Like it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. So uh, that is, and you just remember, guys, how close the series was last year. And technically, the Leafs outscored the Lightning in the entire series. Um, and I just think of what this current lineup looks like compared to last year's team. And man, it's better. Like it, it, it's so much better. It just is. Uh, it's undeniably the numbers are there on paper, on the ice, uh, the eye test, the advanced analytics. Everything is better on this team this year. So you just think it has to. It has to, right? It has to happen this year, right? Like it just has to. We said that. <laughs> I I I want to make something kind of clear. Like Vasilevsky is who he is, and like. As Vasilevsky was completely and utterly out of this world, Vasilevsky all season has looked human, guys. Like, he he may still be a top goalie in this league, but he has let in goals that he should, shouldn't and wouldn't have in the past. So, I I like our odds, but, man. He can ooh. steal you a few games. Listen, I'll say this, and then and, uh, – Maple Leaf uh, faithful and TikTok faithful for offside, Tricky Traka. He's been beating the drum. The Tampa Bay has been hot, absolute garbage since the All-Star break. Have not looked good, have not hit stride. Um, and, you know, you even listen to guys like Merrick and them talking about the fact that, hey, looks like the war of attrition has finally caught up to Tampa Bay. They are going into this playoffs, and I know no team is going in healthy, guys. But Tampa's going in with guys who have literally just either come off the IR 
or are going to be playing in the playoffs because it's the playoffs. Hello, Anthony Sorelli. Hello, Patrick Maroon. Corey Perry, even. Victor Edmond not feeling well. Um, You know, there's even Nixon problems with Andre Vasilevsky from what I've been reading today. So I look at this team and say, has the time finally come where Tampa's three runs to the cup finally come home to roost and be a problem here? I want to know what you think, Pete. Do you think finally these things are going to be an issue for Tampa Bay where Toronto may be able to up the tempo, up the play, and up the physical play and take it away from the Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, I mean, it feels like they've improved in like all aspects of the team they were last year. They have, again, they have no reason why they shouldn't win this series. They have better defense. The depth on defense is insane. The goaltending is, that's the only part where I'm a little iffy at. Like, I don't really know what Sammy's health is right now. I hope he's 100%. But even with that, like, Joseph Wall looks like a pretty good number two right now. And I'm not sure what's going on with Matt Murray, but he's there probably. Give me one sec here. Um, To back up my stat there I was talking about from Tricky, 31 games, 13 wins. For Tampa Bay since the All Star break, yeah. How many? Twenty three and thirteen. They're thir- they played thirty one games and they've only won thirteen. But we know the playoffs is a different beast. It's a different. Oh, it's a different. It's a whole different. That has the oh. most experience in the NHL right now with playoff experience, and they may be tired, but they still have. But one usually of by that. now they've flipped that switch. Beat. What's that? Usually by now they've flipped that Tampa switch. Yeah, and they're humming in all cylinders. Going into the playoffs, they I don't see that. Do thing. that. Like, what did do you guys remember? What Montreal like well, their record was going into the playoffs for, during the bubble season? They were terrible, and then they just I, I guess flipped the switch. Carey Price turned it up, and they he stole them a series from us. So like Tampa Bay can easily do that, but the Leafs they're better. They are better in almost all aspects. The goaltending what scares me, but they should be able to win this in five or six games. We don't want a game seven, please. Guys, listen to me. No game seven this year. I truly think this is just all this, this first round. And from there, you break, you break that. I think it's a full, like steamrolling train, full tilt. Like the the mental block between these players in this round one is pretty terrible. And I think once that once that breaks and they get that confidence finally, it it's gonna be it's gonna be scary once they they get past that first round. They're gonna be a truck, but man, we got Boston <laughs> in round two more than likely. That's that's gonna be a gross series. Do not count. Hey, we want to talk about teams that might be able to turn things on their head. How about Alex Lyon? How about Chuck? How about these guys in Florida that might be able to turn it on? You laugh, Dilly, but. You, Linus Allmark has never played the playoffs. He's never tasted they, that. They breath. have Jeremy Swayman, who's a solid. Did, they not, did he not play last year? Who, Allmark? He wasn't a Boston Bruin last year. Yeah, he was. Was he? Yeah, he was. I think they ran with Swayman. I think they ran with Swayman. Yeah, I think they ran with Swayman. I think so. Um, just on the goaltending, too, uh, just to touch on that, I, I was listening to Sheldon Keith talk about Sammy. Uh, again, in that last press conference, they they asked everybody about Samsonov. I thought it was really interesting. I'm pretty sure it was Mark Mark Masters. He was just asking every single person the same question. Um, they all answered the same way. They were really confident in Ilya Samsonov. He's shown a lot of growth this year. Uh, he's a hardworking guy. He doesn't look too far ahead. He doesn't look back behind him. He's very present. Um, uh, but they talked about Sheldon. To, to, they talked to Sheldon Keith about him, and he said a lot of those same things. But one thing that I really thought stood out with Sheldon's answer was. One of the things that they really needed Ilya to get going on was winning games on the road. And he's been doing that because you remember the fun stat that we talked about was that Ilya was winning all the games at home and Matt Murray was winning all the games on the road. Yeah. Um, and that hasn't been an option for the last little while. And it, Ilya Samsonov has been really good all the way around. And I think that's a big sign um, potentially that this team is, you know, really, really confident in this goaltender and that he's feeling more confident in himself. Um, so I definitely think that that's a good sign. But one thing that I also remember, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, we had this discussion lots on the show and just in general throughout the season 
was, you know, who's going to be our goalie in the playoffs, Matt Murray or Samsonov. And I'm just going to leave Wall out of this conversation for now. But um, one thing that I keep going back to and thinking about is uh, Matt Murray, when he won his cups, I know we all talk about he's won two cups and everything with Pittsburgh and those two years were awesome for him and all that's great. But he replaced Marc-Andre Fleury both times, uh, both, yeah. the, both those Stanley Cup runs. So one thing that I think um, I feel decent about with this in the back pocket kind of thing is that, you know what, if Samsonov doesn't necessarily have the greatest time, Matt Murray is a replacement specialist. Like oh. That's his thing. He comes in. Um, he's replaced Marc-Andre Fleury and won two cups doing it. Um, so that's one thing that not, not that I'm looking forward to that happening, but it is just something that, you know what, maybe we're not all super, super confident in Matt Murray. I do think he'll be back. I don't know if game one or two necessarily, but I do think he'll be back on the bench. Um, but that is something that I kind of think of as a bit of a saving grace in my mind when I think when I start panicking, if the goaltending is not going to go, you know, have the depth that it needs. Maybe Matt Murray's good at this. Maybe he's he's better at this than being just the everyday guy. Maybe he likes that pressure of coming in and being that replacement. So um, I'm hoping Sammy goes all the way uh, and we don't have to worry about it. But it is just something that I kind of thought to myself in the past. I was excited because I thought you were going to say that's what Wall was going to do to Sammy. But oh. <laughs> we could. He could. He's young. Definitely could. Yeah, definitely, definitely could. Here's the other thing, too. Okay, you obviously know the Toronto Maple Leafs are heading into a playoff series. And our favorite to win when apparently Frank Saravelli stirring the pot today, dropping the uh, the little nugget apparently that Brendan Shanahan is tired of Kyle Dubas. I'm only oh, bringing God. this up because this is how much I think the Toronto media finally may be behind the Maple Leafs here, where they're not even really paying attention to the full story of the Leafs versus Lightning. They're bringing up this kind of stuff to really stir the waters and cause other havoc around the Leafs. Cause usually it's like, Oh, round one, the Leafs is a big problem. This guy, or this player is not playing, or this guy's injured, da, 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 da. but it's not. And this story comes out and I'm like, I even posted about it. I said, really weird timing for this to drop. Like literally the eve of the Leafs playoff. And you're dropping a story like this. Yeah. That's usually reserved for when the team is done. Yeah. You know, so, can, can I like, throw this out there? Can I throw this yep. out there? I remember a couple of years ago, and I don't know the exact scenario, but it was dealing with John Cooper. And John Cooper, after they lost the game, I don't know if it was last year against Toronto maybe, or the year before maybe, <laughs> um, but I remember he they lost the game or something, and he like blasted himself. He took all the blame. He's like, I got outcoached. Yep. I was bad here. And he took all of the attention to him, taking the pressure off some of the players via the media. I'm wondering if dot, dot, dot. Um, this might have slipped out because they want to take some of the attention and pressure away from the players. If everybody's talking about Dubis going to the Penguins and yeah. Shanahan hates Dubis, then nobody's talking about the players and that John Tavares had a turnover and that, you know, Bunting was, was a baby about something. It's all Dubis in between the games, and that takes the pressure off. And I'm wondering, you know, I'm just thinking out loud here, Maybe this is a little bit of a ploy. Maybe this is a Brendan Shanahan planting in the media type stuff. I don't like Kyle Dubas that much. Uh, and that's all he has to say. Uh, and then it turns into a media frenzy about them and not the players. And the players yeah. have less pressure on them. I remember, now I'm just going to draw this back to some personal experience. Um, back in, I want to say it was 2015, okay? I'm working in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League with the Estevan Bruins. Our rivals were the Weyburn Red Wings, and they were going up the, against the Melfort Mustangs, who were the number one team in the league. They had won a ton of games that year. And somebody asked, one of the media guys asked the Weyburn Red Wings coach, um, you know, what do you have to do to, to win this series? And he said, and this got publicized quite heavily, there's no chance we're going to win the series. They're so much better than us. They're way better than us in every way. They have better players. They have better everything. They're fan like they have bigger crowds. Everything. He 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 blew up his own team. They didn't win the series, but man, they made it. They made it close, and they they came into that series with little to no chance. He wasn't he wasn't saying anything that wasn't necessarily true, at least to what people were thinking. But what that did was it took all the pressure off these kids, and put it all on the coach, and he could take it because he's a man. He's forty. <laughs> I don't know how old he was at the time. He was probably around 40. Um, but, it, you know, it's just a little bit of a ploy sometimes if you can use the media to your advantage and take some of the pressure off the players or just some of the attention even. 
in a media market like Toronto, and you can take some of that off. Hundred percent. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a bad thing. I mean, this could be a sneaky. And Frank Saravalli is a guy who claims he talks to all the people in the front office. He's not going to say this out of nothing. Somebody yeah. of importance would have told him this, and maybe it's plant. Maybe it's a plant. I don't know for sure, but geez, Frank Saravalli seems to hate the Leafs. Hey, he says a lot of stuff lately. <laughs> well, you know what? I think stuff. it was he got real salty when he wasn't the one to break. The Ryan O'Reilly Nolachari trade. Yes. He really it all stemmed from there. The salt really started to come from Frank Saravalli since that, oh, this is a bad trade as soon as it happened. Everybody yeah. else was lauding the fact that it happened. They were like, oh, he's like, and no, now, ridiculous. You remember Michael Michael Bunting's on his top free, he's the top free agent on his free agency list. He's going to get <laughs> the most money. Uh, he was one of the first ones to put out the Kyle Dubas, the, the Penguins rumor. Uh, he's he's been all over it, and so I don't know what's going on with Frank, but I don't know, man. Come on, Frank. Did he say the Kyle Dubas to Penguins? I missed that. Uh, so did he I. was just he was just along the lines of uh, he was the he was really hammering home that they're firing Burke and firing Hextall, and there's an opening, and you know who could be the next replacement, and you know that kind of stuff. He was yeah. all over it. He wasn't shy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's. I look at it and just say. I didn't. I didn't look at your for your perspective, and I like that fact now. Actually, you know, it may be. I just hope it's that. I hope it's <laughs> I that. Hope it's but that. again, you look at these things, and it's like, man, can the media in Toronto just piss off? Because that story isn't getting publicized in Tampa or Florida or Mini or anywhere else for that matter. It's here because of what we are. But here's the thing, too. I like listening to the comments from the guys the last couple of days. Just how, like, even the new guys how fired up they are to be in this atmosphere and how excited they are to wear this logo and go on a run and do something that hasn't been done. And Clark, I said this before, but the last time the Leafs went far, they had a guy named McCabe in their lineup and they do again. So I want to know right here. (laughs) I want to know right here. Yeah. You guys weren't even. No, he wasn't. (laughs) Hey, 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 now I was, what 2003? Yeah. No, I think he said with Shen in the lineup. I said no, he wasn't in the league yet. No, 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 no. McCabe, no, he said McCabe. he said I wasn't born yet. Oh, well, I was born. You? I was five. Okay? <laughs> okay. I had some. I had some exterior thoughts besides. Actually, you know what's funny? This uh, I, I was. We ju- I just moved, as you guys can see. I'm in a different background than I'm usually in. Uh, in, and I found a box, and uh, I found this old Leafs pennant and I'm pretty sure it's from like the early 2000s so I'm putting it on my shelf because I think it's a good omen vintage let me let me yeah, just bring it oh I got my lunch box baby we're going to Love work it. we're going Love to it. work listen I want to know right here we're going to wrap the pot up here we're getting close to an hour Clark I know you got things on the cusp to do I'm going to start with Pete the Heat Leafs in what Leafs and four. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to go with it. Leafs and four. Leafs and four. Dylan. I I think the boys are afraid of game seven. I'm going to say Leafs and six. <laughs> Clark Monroe. Okay, you ready for this? I, I got a prop for this and everything. You ready for this? Uh-oh. I'm going to pull yeah. it down from the ceiling here. Really quick. Here we go. Finally, <laughs> the Leafs have come back to the second round. Leafs and six. Thank Woo. you. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Le- Leafs are going to host a cup, and it ain't going to be this one. But Ooh. I'm going to say Leafs in five. And why do I say that? Because they don't want to win in Tampa. They want to oh, get Tampa the yes feeling do, of James. coming back. No, 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 no. Yes, they do, James. They want they, to do it in Tampa to break the Tampa Bay hearts like Tampa Bay broke our hearts last year and the hey, year before. Hey, we want to the reason why they don't. Hey, you know why they want to do it in Tampa? Because Matthew Nyes is going to be in the lineup and Matthew's, Matthew's going to be like, oh, uh, I didn't win here last time, but I guess we're winning tonight, buddy. Yeah. All right. Let's Here's go. the thing. The Leafs are going to do a little bit of uh, – Payback. Remember when Tampa said, ah, we let Montreal have one so their fans could feel good? I want to see Austin Matthews say the exact same thing. We let the Tampa fans feel like they were back in it. They won one game. Enjoy your Stanley Cup this year. See you guys. 
I could see it. I could see Matthews showboating the shit out of it. And I could see guys like Ryan O'Reilly and them crowding around and just laughing their asses off. And then John Tavares, I want to see him do what Adesanya did when he knocked out Piera. I want him to lay on the ice in front of Corey Perry and just laugh at him. Just laugh at him. Say, you're knocked out just like I was. Now you're gone. Oh, you know what I just thought of? How fun is it going to be to do the Corey Perry walk of shame gif after the, after they lose this one? Yes. 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 You know what's going to be I'm even more fun? Save it in fun? your phones now. <laughs> you know what's going to be even more fun? When Bobby Boucher comes back for game one. Yes. Let's go. Listen, Remember it's going to be a Boucher fun came back in the, <laughs> the one to Bourbon Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, it's going to be a fun playoffs. I know each of you will probably be live down at the square. I know me and Clark will be live here on TikTok as we are not Ontario residents. But I will I not be say, at the square. I want to say a huge thank you to all of you this season so far. It's been a fun-ass season. I know a lot of people didn't pay attention to it, apparently, because it was waiting for the playoff time. But it's been a fun year for TikTok, for Twitter, for Twitch for Instagram, for everything. It's just been fun across the freaking board. And I feel like for some reason this year, there is going to be a run for the Leafs. It just feels different. And I'll say this, and I'm going to do it in my promo video, but I feel like it's our year. And I know the comments instantly come in. You say that every year, but really what are you supposed to say when you have a generational player like Austin Matthews? superstars like Mitch Marner and John Tavares, Willie Nylander, and then you go and fill that in with guys that we've been missing, the McCabe's, the Giordano's, the O'Reilly's, the Acharis, and then you look at your goaltending and say, hey, we got guys who can actually stop the freaking puck. So what are you supposed to say? This year is our year. These guys are ready. It's Leafs Nation going crazy. Let's go! Leafs Leafs Nation. <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate each and every one of you. Hey, stick around throughout the playoffs. We will be doing shows probably after every game in some factor or another. But I want to say, Leafs Nation, this right here is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. 